Are you serious? All we're going to do is check the voicemail? Why would anybody want to listen to this edition of Table Talk Radio? A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word. Pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. And welcome to another edition of Table Talk Radio. Who, who is that? That guy is the best. How come we don't have him doing all of our voiceover stuff? Because I'm lining up to be the next co-host is what I'm doing. Uh. Um, you, you, you know, uh, <laughs> this is the first podcast Good. we've recorded. Your mic's a little hot, by the way. Um, oh, it is, is. This is the first. Okay. Okay. How's that? Is that better? Stop yelling. Maybe that'll help. First podcast we've recorded since the Table Talk Radio Convention, uh, and I know it was the Table Talk Radio Convention because I've had three people come up to me and say that they listen to Table Talk Radio. So all of the listenership of Table Talk Radio was in Aurora, Colorado just last week. For the Hope Lutheran Live Conference. Yeah, that was something. So, Wild success. So so Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado started to be like the place to go if you want to brush up on your theology. It's like... <laughs> It's uh, you probably wouldn't like the analogy, but it's like it's like the mecca of <laughs> uh, Lutheran theology. Is that right? And Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River is the Medina, <laughs> where all the real action happens. That's right. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that was a good time, though. We had we had we had, uh, we had fun and um, got that a few, was great. Got a few things talking about recorded. the absolution. I keep, well, that's fantastic. I keep we hearing... try to get the I got the videos recorded. I know Every, gonna, everyone's um, talking to me about. Um, my cameo appearance in the the Wolf Miller stream. I'm getting all these like yeah. media requests. I'm like, guys, come on, it's a little early. Yeah, but that's right. Whatever. <laughs> Just everyone, everyone said that. Yeah. Hey, Evans on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and how many social media accounts do you have, Brian? That's how the conversation went. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I, I've been I've been researching, and by researching, I mean I did a one Google search on alternatives to Facebook, and I got a couple of these pages. Like, there's all these social media things that are alternatives to Facebook, which I got to research for your sake. Try to get you on one of these things accidentally, you know. Try to find the one where you can add other people against their will. Ah, nice. I like it. <laughs> All right, so let's start out with some buzzwords, then we're going to do some uh, emails, voicemails, bumper sticker, church time theology. It'll be a great show. Uh, so oh, yeah. buzzword, That's Pastor Wolfmiller. Yeah, my buzzword for you is worldview. I've been thinking more about the idea of worldview, because remember how we don't like that word, but we don't have another one? I think that was a, a you or, kind of a thing. I don't think I, we <laughs> collectively didn't like it. I don't like it. We because also collectively this is the don't thing have I a don't problem like with about Lutheranism. The word. 
Well, I, you know, I got problems with words. It's like <laughs> it's a, you, you don't want to get on his you, bad side. You just have problems. I don't know if it's problems with words. I think it's just problems. <laughs> I don't like the word worldview. This is why. Because as soon as you say worldview, what you assume is there's multiple worldviews, which I suppose there are, but that that that's a legitimate sort of thing. And I think the old way that we used to do it is we used to say there's truth and there's error. And the problem with the worldview is it kind of it has this neutrality, like, oh, you have a heathenistic worldview. Oh, I have a Christian worldview. And it's, it, it somehow lets those two things stand alongside of each other. But I'm so I'm still trying to come up with the best alternative word to use. And I think the word I'm leaning towards is practical philosophy. What do you think about that idea? I, you know, I think worldview is much too narrow. I, I think I'm going to go with universe view so that it gives room for the multiverse. I, al- I also don't like the word universe, by the way. That's another, because I prefer the word cosmos. Just like I don't like the word dinosaur, I prefer the word dragon. I, you know, anyway. I, we were talking before about your next book. I, I think, I, I think mm-hmm. your next book is words that I don't like and just start listing them off. Them like. <laughs> Well, that's, I think I said all of them. Uh-oh, that's it. It'll be a short book. Oh, there's another word I don't like. Random. But I don't know why I don't like that word random, but I think it's because, you know, in the 90s, everyone, everything was that, random. That was random. That's random. And everyone would say random, and I just, for some reason, that word struck my eardrum poorly. And now, the word that is like that is literally... You know, yeah, that, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I resonate with that one. You can you can tag my name on on that page. Uh, no, so so you're, you're, stop <laughs> saying literally, literally stop saying literally. <laughs> now, um, so worldview. Your problem with worldview is that it it it, it do you think communicates if, if, pluralism? If, if this was now we are inventing resurrection things. We would say Christ has risen. He has risen literally. He's literally risen. That's actually the right use of the word. Aha. Literally. Anyway. Sorry. You, what were you saying? I just interrupted you. Like, you weren't uh, even there. Your problem with worldview is that it, it communicates pluralism. Is that right? Uh, yes. It, 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 uh, it, yes, I think that's right. It has the assumption of a soft pluralism. Now, I, I think what people are trying to get across with worldview is that, uh, that, that there are different ways that people view the world based upon their assumptions so that the objective facts are objective, but one interprets those facts based upon the philosophical or theological um, perspective which for which they're coming to. They're coming from. Uh, yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. So your uh, buzzword is worldview, but the buzzword I have for you is consubstantiation, and uh, we're going to do a little little MythBusters on this definition, okay. which I get from the ironically okay. named bringingtruth.org, or, or sorry, dot com, bringingtruth.com, and consubstantiation says to be the same or unite in one substance. In theology, the doctrine that the body and blood of Christ exists on earth and are consumed with the bread and wine at the Eucharist, or communion, 
proposed as a replacement for the doctrine of transubstantiation, which proposed that the wine and bread were actually transformed into the body and blood of Jesus Christ while inside the human body. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, Consubstantiation was proposed by Martin Luther and adopted in the Lutheran Church. It is a doctrine rejected by most Protestant churches and by the Catholic Church. Okay, there's much, Mm. much to disagree with on this definition. Um, Now, uh, namely, I think the definition of consubstantiation, because while I think what he, what this, I don't know who the author is, who defines as consubstantiation fits the definition, but what he presents as the definition is too narrow. So let me explain. To be the same or unite in one substance, um, that uh, is much too narrow of what consubstantiation actually is. Uh, the word con uh, is mean like, uh, or or co, I guess, uh, would be the, the cooperative, so that both things are there. So, um, and and then when he says then that uh, Martin Luther and the Lutheran Church adopted this view, uh, that's not true. So, uh, in in order to know what a Lutheran believes, there's ought to be some kind of a objective reading. Like, I don't know, a book or a... <laughs> Just any book? Something where people have come in Concord with something to say this is what we believe. Like, they should have, like, a book of Concord. Oh, oh. (laughs) Which is like um, the Constitution for American government. That's a really good idea. (laughs) We would have thought of that. It just so happens that the Book of Concord condemns the understanding of consubstantiation. And this is why. Uh, Consubstantiation uh, just means that both things are there. So you can have the body and blood of Christ and the bread and wine uh sorry yeah the bread and wine of communion and you could be taking all four things now what if you believed in this kind of mixture so that the the bread and the wine was 50 percent of what you received and then the other 50 percent was the body and blood of christ would that fit our definition of real presence in the lord's supper well no uh no (laughs) so but that that is fitting with the definition of consubstantiation so uh we we reject the notion of consubstantiation and say look we believe in what jesus said (laughs) that this is my body and this is my blood does that mean it's not bread and wine no it is also bread and wine I agree. Hmm. Interesting. So consubstantiation. I wonder how I'm going to get that in there. Hopefully, we have an email about it. Good luck. Uh, maybe I'll. Get, Thank you. Maybe I'll get to the universe view, randomly and literally. Okay. Uh, let's dive into some of our emails. Actually, let's let's start out. <laughs> I want to I want to just hit your your uh, pet peeve words where they want to get the buzzword. That's all I want to do. That's right. You know what my other pet peeve is, by the way. Yeah. In case anyone is ever staying at our house, putting trash in the sink that drives me crazy. Who put trash anyway. in your sink? Are you oh, are you insinuating that? that? I think on purpose. She's you, like she's like take a oh. popsicle out of the wrapper and put the trash in the sink and it oh <laughs> drive me nuts. <laughs> I thought I, <laughs> there's not many things that drive me nuts. I mean, I'm really c- normally kind of easygoing. Just certain words, silent letters, and trash in the sink. That's about it. <laughs> I, now you're not heresy. You're not underhandedly making reference to something I did at your house, are you? No, I don't oh, okay. think so. Did you? Okay. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't think I put trash in a sink. All right. <laughs> I went downstairs and, what are all, what is all this? Doesn't he know we have a trash can? This big pile of tissues in the sink. No, that I don't think that happened. Okay, good. All right, here's a voicemail. Uh, you can call. Do you hear that? Uh-oh. 
What? I hear something. That means we're almost what? out of time, and we need to oh, yeah. <laughs> take a break before that was a, we even get to we our first so much voicemail. It's because you're going on and on. Really you're droning on, literally time. talking all the first <laughs> segment about random words that you're opposed to. So we need to take a break. I literally, <laughs> I literally hate all those words. I literally despise them. <laughs> I literally can't stand Table Talk Radio. Gotcha. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. We were recording? All that gold during the break was just for you? Uh, I know. During the break, we found... Oh, those hilarious jokes? Three more pet peeves of After Wolf Miller. I didn't know you were so irritable. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm not irritable. They're watch, just irritating things out there. Watch your... Oh, that's your worldview. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. <clears throat> All right. So we got to get to the voicemail before we squander another segment talking about the things no that kidding. annoy Pastor Wolfmuller. I mean, it's right. literally getting That's out right. of hand. Um, so he, random. If you have a voicemail you want to leave on our system, one eight four no, what's the number? one 800 sola one 800 Hey, are we coming up on the 500th anniversary of our show also? Just like we're coming up on the 500th anniversary of the Heidelberg Disputation? Yeah, we're going to have a, the, the theology of the cross conference what what episode is this uh 444 444 uh, oh so that, no, that'll the, put 500 next year yeah so that'll be a big celebration mm. i mean i don't know how you celebrate that that's like uh i don't know celebrating the anniversary of sin <laughs> It's yeah, like this is the 6,000th anniversary of the fall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do, you, what do you do to celebrate that? I remember we were at Lenore's 103rd birthday, and she, she gave the toast afterwards, and she says, I hope we don't do this again. <laughs> nice. She was ready for heaven, man. Yeah. Ready for heaven. All right. Well, here is a uh, voicemail. I mean, hard to believe anyone would want to correct us. Can you find... Can you can you this imagine is a correction that? voicemail? In, is that why it went to the top? Is it correcting the, me? Yeah. That's what you love the most of all. <laughs> when I say something wrong. No, I think okay. we're uh, we're co-contributors in this error. But uh, okay. actually, anyone who who records a voicemail uh, goes right to the top because for some reason voicemails work better than emails on a radio show. So put those right at the top. Hmm, weird. Um, but. Anyway, we, we were responding to a bumper sticker, and this is what our comment said. This is Pastor Steve Stolarczyk. I'm listening. Uh, I like how he starts out like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to come in and, and knock you guys around. Uh, yeah, this yeah, is, like, he's, I'm a pastor. I'm using my gentle voice. Yeah, yeah. This is my pastoral care voice. <laughs> he is definitely consoling the child with us. <laughs> you guys are morons, so I'm going to take it easy on you. All right, I know how to handle imbeciles with kid gloves. I've got them out for this voicemail. I could hear it in his voice. The great sympathy. Like, uh, he, he, you could almost hear the sigh that happened before. Like, yeah, I mean, he, okay, I gotta, gotta take time. I gotta take fifty seconds, fifty six seconds out of my day to to correct the imbeciles on Table Talk Radio. Here we go. This is Pastor Steve Stolarczyk. I'm listening. Uh, 
to your most recent podcast, I think it was, we talked about a bumper sticker that said that uh, I believe corporations are people when Texas executes one. Uh, and then you went on to talk about whether or not um, capital punishment proves it, um, that people are people or something like that. That's not the point of, of the bumper sticker. It's actually, the, the point is whether or not corporations are legally considered people. Um, not a, a pro-life or, or pro-choice argument. Um, uh, so I just wanted to, to challenge you on that. Uh, I, I think you kind of missed the point of the of the whole bumper sticker. Uh, so thanks for thanks for the attempt. Uh, perhaps you can give me another try. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> thanks for trying. We should that you should pull that little soundbite out, really uh, to play after every joke. Thank thanks. This hesitant. Th- thanks for the attempt. <laughs> I don't remember like every part of the previous any previous recorded show. I don't remember it because I have the fine spiritual art of of casting it out away, suppressing the memory. The psychologist. That's how we make four hundred and forty four shows. I mean, yeah, every, every show, show's new. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like new that every movie, morning. Uh, Memento. Have you seen that? Great movie? Great is thy forgetfulness. Where the guy has lost his short term memory, so every day he wakes up not realizing he's lived the last few years, and so that that's what Table Talk Radio is like. We, I mean, this is like our first show. So I mean, everybody expects a few mistakes in the first episode, right? <laughs> We just hey, you know, I thought maintain that. I, I, I thought that was the, the the show that with Adam Sandler on thirty first dates. Remember that? Oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's how but that's how it is for I, me. I hesitate now, to call so, this a date for some reason. <laughs> do, you, do you remember? Do you remember the thing that we were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I think he, I think he said the bumper sticker right. So, um, oh, let's should we play it again to get the get the actual bumper sticker? Yeah, sticker. That said that uh, I believe corporations are people when Texas executes one. Okay, so, uh, corporations are people when Texas executes one. So, so there's there's a, a question in legality of who's considered a person, right? And so you have na- natural or real persons like you and me, and then you have like a corporation, which is uh, can be considered. Um, one under the law, uh, and so so the question is, um, if we're going to be considering corporations in this legal status, can we also execute them? And I wonder if this isn't kind of a anti big business, big corporation kind of a kind of a bumper sticker, so that. Um, you know that that if we're going to be executing people, uh, this is probably going to be the the caller's going to have to call in again for a third correction to help us get back on track. But uh, perhaps they're saying, look, uh, these corporations are so uh, big and rich and evil uh, that we ought to maybe execute one or two since they are considered persons in in legality. You, you buy that? Is that you think that's possible? I, 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 I think I understand it. I think if you have any idea what we should be talking about now, you should call one eight hundred three eight five SOLA one eight hundred three eight five seven six five two, and get us on. Try track. to keep it simple, though. Yeah, and use 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 your kid gloves. You know, we appreciate it. <laughs> Thank, I love it. Thanks for the attempt. Oh, that's the best. That's like that's like the whole last ten years, just <laughs> yeah. full of sympathy. <laughs> I, just, I absolutely love it. Okay, what's next? We ready um, for something next? 
Yeah. Do you want to go to the next thing, or, or I have I have I have a bunch of uh, voicemails to play, but you want to hit others first? Yeah. Let's do voicemails. Let's get let's clear out the voicemails. It okay. probably costs money to store them. Yeah. Sure. Hi, this is David in Arkansas. I have a church sign for you. It says, "All your dreams are within your reach." Okay, short and sweet. All your dreams are within. Has your he reach. seen my car? The only thing that's in reach is like a bunch of trash from McDonald's. <laughs> You're not dreaming. I dream of finding the bonus fry. Remember the bonus fry? Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a piece of the straw wrapper, but a touch to fry. <laughs> uh, That's why it's clear. All your dreams are within reach. This is the this is a what we call because we don't have a better word for it a worldview, and it is this sort of optimistic. This is the Oprah worldview, which is you have power to change the universe. Uh, I remember. Uh, you, I've got a, a little tangent. I remember when I was in college and I was learning about what word faith theology was. You know, this is the yeah. this is the Joel Osteen thing. Although Joel Osteen has it kind of light, but you have like the Benny Hens and the Kenneth Copelands of the world, Joyce Myers, who you know name it, claim it. They're kind of the prosperity gospel. You guys, you know, what all this is about now. Um, so I was kind of learning about that 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 they believe. I mean, you, you could get some old Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland tapes that are absolutely crazy where Kenneth Copeland is, or no, 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 Benny Hinn is saying, well, you're a son of God, aren't you? So you're a little God. And so just as God spoke things into existence, so you by faith can make your dreams come true, more or less. And so I was, I was learning about that kind of crazy, wacky theology. And then I learned about uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey promoting this book and DVD series called The Secret. Do you remember the secret? Yeah, oh yeah. So the secret was that if you have, you know, positive mental attitude and um you know, think good things that you want to get the new car, then through the laws of attraction, the universe delivers these things to you. But if you if you dwell on bad thoughts and negative things, then the laws of attraction deliver to you uh, bad things to happen to you. You lose your job and all this stuff. And I was like, this is the secular version of the word faith movement. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you're 100% right on that. It's... It, it, uh, and probably it started secular, and then it worked its way into the church. So I would say that that the word faith movement is the Christianized view of this kind of new age positive thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see, it's a chicken or egg sort of question. But the point is, they are connected at the hip. Uh, I I definitely or wherever think, else they're connected. I Why d- do we say connected at the hip? That's a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I definitely think it was a pagan idea first, <laughs> and then it crept into the into the church. I just knew about it in the church first, and then heard about it from outside. Um, but I mean, it, I mean, there was just nothing different. So the the idea, uh, you know, it's, it's this old thing that people will take um, things from from worldliness and just kind of baptize them. <laughs> and now this is a church thing. It's a Christian thing. Look at it. It's great. It's fine. No, don't worry about it. And uh, I mean, there's all kinds of things that we just don't even question anymore that came from paganism, but we accept in the church because, well, we talk about God at least. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It is. I mean, so you're so that's a hundred percent right. Now, so that and this bumper sticker, I think, was that was it a bumper sticker or was it a church sign? Bumper sticker. All your, your dreams. dreams. Oh no, sorry, church sign. All your dreams are within your reach. All with your dreams are within your reach. That's this. That's this idea that you know you can you you are empowered to live your dreams. I mean, now I've been studying the martyrs. 
it very intensely for the past three days. So I made it a study of mine, you know. And three days is actually quite That's a long pretty time. pretty long, yeah. So, and hearing all these guys, and now there's this way that you look at the martyrs, this incredible suffering and all the, the stuff that they're going through. I mean, it's amazing to read about and to consider. And you just think, all your dreams are within reach, you know? Your, your best life now, and here's a picture of Polycarp being run through with a sword. And, his blood putting out the flames, or mm -hmm. Romanus having his cheeks cut open. And he says, I praise you, uh, uh, Emperor, for giving me more mouths to praise God. And you just wonder, how different could Christianity be from this positive psychological nonsense? Indeed. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. For those times when you just want to be alone. This is Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor, about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time. And to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> Anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. All right, picking through all of your church signs and bumper stickers. Here's the next one, Pastor Wolfmuller. Hi, I got a church sign to report. This is David in Arkansas. Uh, it says, the best New Year's resolution, be holy. Be on a Methodist church. Uh, well, okay, on a Methodist church. Ah, perfect. We, you should have hey, paused it to guess what church it was on. Oh, let me do it again? Yeah. Okay. Hi, I got a church sign to report. This is David in Arkansas. Uh, it says, the best New Year's resolution, be holy. All right. Now, what church would you think that sign is found on? I think it's on a Pentecostal church. It's on a Methodist church. No, I'm sorry. You're incorrect. Oh, man. <laughs> I should have guessed Methodist because he just said it a minute ago. And that's the Methodist idea. The, the, the Meth you know, see, this is the reason why I guess Pentecostal. <laughs> <laughs> You're obnoxious. <laughs> you know that something I used to pray when I was a kid. Like I would, I would do a test in school, and then I would pray that the Lord would would change my answer <laughs> to make it right. That's just exactly what that is. Anyway, the reason why I didn't get Methodist is because while the Methodists used to be interested in holiness back in the old days, like when John Wesley invented it by writing the article called On Christian Perfection, they were all about the holiness of life, you know, through the methods and stuff. Mm -hmm. But then they stopped caring about it. That's why the Nazarenes had to say, hey, we're the real Methodists over here. <laughs> and then it just keeps on going and going and going. You get these kind of holiness bodies kind of one up in each other. If you're a holiness body, you gotta, you got to have a revolution every 150 years because because you get lazy about your holiness. And that's been amplified by the evangelicals. It's every generation and it's been amplified even more by the Pentecostals. I mean, you got to you have to have a a renewal of holiness every 20 minutes, you know? That's Pentecostalism. Uh now but uh that's interesting. It says the best resolution is be holy. 
That's what Jesus says. Be holy as your Father in heaven is holy. Uh, doesn't he say... Which is... Be perfect? Huh? It does. It Matthew. depends on what text you're looking at. So oh, I'm gonna pull in it the one... Uh, we should probably double check this in the Bible. But in one it says, be perfect. Which That's is Matthew 5. Tetelestai. That's the telos, Matthew. But you do. I do think you have a be holy. I mean, that would be all the way through Leviticus. Be holy as I am holy, and I think you might even have that in Luke. I'm going to check while you talk about it. Oh, no. First uh, Peter 1. You should look at that. You should look at um Yeah, so, uh, no, I, I needed some stall time because I was going to look this up real quick in uh, Matthew 5. This is great. We can't both have stall time. We're making a radio show. This is great radio. Okay, so um, I'm I, I'm pulling up. Hey, Matthew. listener, you add something to the conversation <laughs> yeah. while we look at our Bibles. <laughs> yeah, just talk at the radio. <laughs> um, Tell some jokes. Laugh at your own jokes. That's how we do it. It's a pet peeve of mine, though. Oh, man. Okay. Um, now, here, here, so here's the question with be holy, because it's a biblical sentiment, but the question is, is it law or is it gospel? Be holy. There's two ways to be holy. One is by our own works, which is it's what we should be doing. I mean, we should be trying to live a holy life. We should be merciful, as our Father in heaven is merciful. We should be kind. We should be gentle. We should be exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. That's fine. But true holiness that, in fact, gives us a good conscience before God comes not from our own works, and our own efforts, but rather from the forgiveness of sins. So holiness is not simply a moral quality. It, it, in fact, it is first a quality of possession. If something belongs to God, it's holy. So God has a holy hill. God has a holy place. God has a holy space. Do you like the... The construction the trash out or what? Okay. Yeah. God has, and it's not like the hill in Jerusalem is does like does more good works than the other hills, you know. Or it's not like the building in Jerusalem uh, keeps the law better than the other buildings. It's that God has claimed them; He's put His name on them. And when God puts His name on something, He sets it apart for His use, and that's what it means to be holy, to be set apart. Interesting. So, um, so if we take this as an indicative, now, um, I think, I think this can be, I, I think, so it's a, it's a, uh, it's the verb, uh, yemi, which is a future indicative, but I think that can also be imperative if I'm not mistaken. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but so that the, the Greek grammar would actually let you t- interpret it either way. So either that this is, and I'm talking about Matthew 5, 48, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly father is perfect. So that either Jesus is stating this, that this is the expectation. That the, I mean, the, uh, this is what we say, that the law uh, demands perfection. I mean, what James says that you can't, you can't, if you break one sin, that you're guilty of all the law. Um, but this could also be the indicative, as you were saying, so that um, to be perfect is not this command, if we take it as the indicative, but it's this, the statement that uh, that you are holy as my heavenly Father is holy. So that what that's saying is that where we get our perfection is not intrinsically from ourselves where we get our perfection is the perfection given to us imputed to us and so if that is true if we if we receive our 
our righteousness from Christ, then it's impossible for there to be a difference between the righteousness of us and the righteousness of God because our righteousness is the righteousness of Jesus. And there's no difference between Jesus's righteousness and God's righteousness, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. so I think that this can go either way, grammatically speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, I mean, th- that's it. so it can't. It is both law and gospel, and we should understand it that way. But the problem is, if people understand it only as law, I mean, there's a problem if we understand it only as gospel. That's antinomianism. But if you understand it only as law, then you you um, you're in trouble. So the the key text for this would be the text in Hebrews that says, uh, "He has perfected once for all those who He is sanctifying." So that there is an accomplished holiness while the Lord is giving us growth and holiness at the same time. And that is because the most churches don't have the distinction between law and gospel. They don't have that at all. But I wonder what a Methodist church is going to talk about with holiness, because now their holiness is not even a moral quality, but it's like it's just social justice stuff in most cases. Right. And, and remember, um, remember the, uh, the 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 timely message before was the best New Year's resolution. That's really weird that in April in, or May they're talking about New Year's resolutions. I can't figure that yeah, out. Yeah, strange. But, but but I mean, so what is a New Year's resolution? It's a law that you give to yourself. So what is the best law you give to yourself? It's this mandate that be holy. <laughs> and so and so I mean uh, when, when I'm, I'm seeing this now as this law that I would find my holiness in uh, the uh, performance of duty. Uh, now there's no holiness to be found whatsoever. But that, that any holiness that we have before God must be uh, given as gift and promise uh, because of Christ our Lord. All right. Yep, yep. Okay, Uh, let's go to the next one. Then here's a church sign. Church sign on a Baptist church. The choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. All right, what what church would you think that was found at? Uh, Pentecostal. (laughs) That's what you say all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it can't be a Baptist church because no way. That'd be too obvious. I mean, because he said it was a Baptist church. <laughs> All right. The choice. I think is our on listeners, our, our church sign reporters, have more subtlety, subtlety. So th- this one misses the mark of being a pun. Instead, a pun it goes with the rhyme. So the choice is on the shelf: pleasing God or pleasing self. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of something funny that rhymes with elf. <clears throat> Uh, Elf is pretty funny. (laughs) Um, Pleasing God or pleasing self. Uh, I suppose there's... I I suppose that's true. And it also highlights the Baptist obsession with choice. So that's kind of a nice, you know, church sign. Like, ah, look. Yeah, it highlights my The person looking at it is like, well, it's not a pun. It's just a, you know, poem. Very short poem. Well, which reminds me of a poem that me and Andrew wrote. Did I tell you the poem that Andrew and I wrote? Uh, No. You probably don't even know about it because I posted it on the social media. That is the nice thing about of. not being on Facebook is avoiding. You know, <clears throat> this is what you missed. This poem composed by me and Andrew. Are you ready? Okay. All right. It goes like this. I rem- I memorized it. <clears throat> Roses are red, violets are blue. Punch to the face. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love it. Thank you. I love it too. It's great. That that will go great with our. Andrew. It uh, took a little while, you know. We were throwing we, away manuscripts. We were scratching out lines. We mm-hmm, had, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's I, I think big thing. So that's going to be well received at the Theology of the Cross conference. <laughs> I want to I want to put the that on our church sign poem. Here's a poem. <laughs> then we thought about a punch to the face anthology where Andrew and I were going to go through all the classic works of poetry like Shakespearean sonnets, Williams Wordsworth. So we're just going to take lines from it and it cut out the best part and put punch to the face. <laughs> that is just such a poetic line. Punch to the face. You know, what's crazy about you and Facebook is that when I was uh, there at your church there, um, I mentioned a couple of my family members that we were leaving or something like that. And they knew, like, the mileage on your car. Uh, uh, apparently, you posted that on Facebook. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, hit 200,000. Okay, great. But then, like, a few days later, we go out to to my old stomping ground of Yuma, Colorado, and someone out there also knew that you had 200,000 miles on your car. I'm like, this is crazy. Everywhere I go, people know the mileage on Pastor Wolfmiller's car. What is going on? This is insane. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, everybody. It's a brave new world. <laughs> a brave Where new would we be world. without knowing your mileage? I, I just can't fathom a world where I don't know the mileage on Pastor Wolfmiller's car. Settle down. I can Thank tell you, you about Facebook. it. It's not that but now Russia knows the mileage on your car is the thing. <laughs> That's right. At least someone's paying attention to me. I love how people. That's how were... I thought when they said that the, the CIA was spying on us. I thought, well, at least somebody's listening. <laughs> All right. Me too. Table Talk Radio, where the voice crying in the wilderness is the listener. I like how everybody was shocked when they found out that Facebook is selling data. Like, what is going on? I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com. I don't know if I like this electronic dance music. Final lap. Here on Table Talk Radio. This wave, is it? Waving the... What's what's the flag before the checkered flag? The, the white flag of surrender is what we should be waving. <laughs> yeah, we're on that one. What are we even doing in this show? Well, I have not caught a about, theme or a narrative. Are we just listening to voicemails? You a narrative? Ugh. I am so sick of the word that, narrative. Oh, that is... Uh, yeah, you're right. That's true. <laughs> that... That is a pet peeve of that, mine that, also. <laughs> I didn't even realize it till you reminded me. I am writing the book for you. I better get some kind of a cut in your royalties. That's all I have to say. Yeah. All okay. right, so we're talking about this sign that was found on a Presbyterian church. Uh, the choice... Oh, no, no. Baptist church. The choice is on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Now, um, it's interesting that... Uh, that well, I mean, not surprising, but interesting nonetheless, that it, what's putting put forward here is that... What pleases God is one's own choice. So, um, I mean, certainly, we certainly we can go too far to say that that nothing pleases God because that would deny uh, the fact that the the new man uh, lives in obedience to the Lord's word. Uh, now, granted, the sinful flesh doesn't, um, but it is not. It is not our actions that please God, but but faith uh, uh, or these um, this new life of obedience that's done in and through faith. Um, but what? But that's not what the church sign says. The church sign says it's the choice that's on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. So here you are at this this fork in the road. If you go left, 
you're pleasing God. If you go right, you're pleasing self. So which is it going to be? And uh, the choice is yours. And, um, you know, hope you choose wisely. It's like the guy at the end of Indiana Jones. You have chosen poorly or you have chosen i remember wisely. that part yeah. yeah that's what that's what this church sign is and, and, and i got to go to that place in the mountain in petra in the cave there the seek or whatever was the guy there that's kind of cool no nobody was there oh hmm. well didn't he drink from that the was cup disappointing anyway um but so 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 this is assuming, of course, that man is this free being, unaffected by sin, and all he has to do is make the right choice to live in a way pleasing to God. And this is what makes um, evangelical theology so much about moralism, because when the this, the uh, material principle is one's choice or choosing, well, now it's about choosing the right things. And so Christianity, what, what I have to give you week after week are the right choices. Make these choices and, and you'll be pleasing God. Okay, here's another one. This yep. is a bumper sticker. Okay, that's all. We're moving on. Okay, next. Here we go. Ready. Hi, this is David in Arkansas. I have a bumper sticker to report. This one, I guess, probably needs a little bit of explanation. Uh, you, you may or may not have seen the bumper stickers that say salt life, and usually it's people who like to go to the beach or they like to go fishing in the ocean or something like that, put that in the back of their car. Well, this one says save life and has a cross kind of in the middle in the same stylistic font as salt life, but it says saved life. Thanks. I'm willing to bet there's not a lot of salt life bumper stickers in Colorado. I remember when I was living in New Mexico, someone said to me, it's great being in New Mexico. We have all the beach, just no ocean. <laughs> uh-huh. Now in New Mexico, you don't, I mean, in Colorado, we don't have either. We don't have any. You have we wind. Have I would. Snow life. Uh, you could, I think you should capitalize on some wind energy in Colorado because that was something fierce. It was ridiculous when you were here. I've never seen wind that bad. All the fences blew over. Hmm. All the fence proper upper guys who hadn't had much work to do in the last 10 years were very busy this last week. <laughs> All right, so what do you think about saved life as a as demand. a playoff of salt life? Yeah. I, su- I mean, this is kind of the thing that we do now in the church is you take something that has some success in the culture and then you just you know, switch it a little bit and make it a Christian kind of thing. Yeah, like uh, like uh, The Secret. <laughs> Just change it a little yeah, bit. <laughs> so you... I mean, I don't know. I, you can't get too upset about it. I mean, it's fine as far as it is, like a playful little... That's atrocious! You know, you're just, pl- <laughs> just, play- I'm just playing upset. around. <laughs> How dare you! Which is fine. That's an insult. Uh, I mean, we probably can't make too much out of it, though. Saved life. I, that's true. I mean, we are saved. We are the saved. We are the rescued. And the the, the, the nice thing about when we get to talk about salvation is it, that we're not rescued from... Like, we're not rescued from... A, 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 a diet that has too many calories or we're not rescued from whatever I mean we're rescued from hell we're rescued from God's wrath and so we are saved we are the saved we are the redeemed of the Lord um, so that's good it's good to identify as that I was thinking about Poly- remember Polycarp and he said hey you gotta you gotta say uh, Lord Caesar and put this incense in here and he says look you don't get it I am a Christian 
I am a Christian. And so the martyrs after Polycarp would repeat that. I am a Christian. I can't, of course I can't do it. I'm a Christian. That's, that's, so I mean, Polycarp did it. And when he was threatened by it being devoured by the wild beasts, we do it on our bumper sticker. But so hopefully, you know, if we ever get the wild beasts, we can, we can repeat what our bumper sticker says. Hey, I'm a Christian. Yeah, we just saw a crazy church sign. It's this is on uh, what's the today's date? Uh, I like the panic in the voice, like like someone just witnessed an accident and is calling nine one one. Yeah, we, we just saw it. it it's <laughs> we got a theological emergency over here. Did you witness it? <laughs> no, I was just driving by. I didn't have time to stop. Change the sign. Church yeah, we just saw a crazy church sign. It's This is on, uh, what's the today's date? Uh, March 11th, so the day that Daylight Savings Time starts. And it said, Daylight Saving changes your time. God changes your life. Mm. Have fun with that one. Okay. Mm. See, I thought I was just changing my time, but... Yeah, well, God could change the time, too, if he wanted. Yeah, God true. changes your life. That's true. I mean, okay. Let's just, as far as a true or false statement, that church sign is a true statement. And as far as, I mean, it fail. What it lacks in wittiness, it makes up for in kind of, I don't know, plain, <laughs> like Captain Obviousnessness. You know. Um, well, but, I, although I think that there is something to be said here, though. While it is absolutely true, um, I think what what the appeal for many Christians has been to an unbelieving world is um, uh, pragmatism. So mm-hmm. that your mm-hmm. life is in disarray. And it's in disarray because you're ignoring or disobedient to the Ten Commandments. Now, I would agree, someone who disobeys or ignores the Ten Commandments probably would have a life in disarray. And I also think that if they would observe the Ten Commandments in uh, service to the neighbor, then it would probably bring their life into order. I think that's something that Pastor Wolfmiller is about to go on a speaking tour about. Um, but, uh, but what, but what, the sleight of hand here is to say that if you start doing these things, life will be better. Now God has changed your life, but that's not actually true, because just as the church steals things from the world, the world steals things from the church, and so you have some like life coach that comes along and says. Hey, you know, uh, it, it, it's not good for workflow if you're sleeping around every Saturday night, you know, you shout you know, or whatever. And so this life coach can bring your life into order by just, you know, g- g- applying some simple wisdom to life and has changed your life. But what should what the church has to appeal to an unbelieving and condemned world is the message of the gospel that uh, apart from Christ, they are lost and condemned forever. And Christ is the one who has paid the penalty for their sins. That's the message that a person needs to hear. And in um, believing this and uh, an outflow of, of good works from faith, um, uh, that will certainly change life. But but it's not just the changing of life itself that we should use to appeal to an unbelieving world. That's right. The the changed life is the material principle of of American Christianity. And it can be the pietist changed life. Now you do tons of good work. Works it can be the uh what was the thing we were talking about earlier? The word faith 
uh, thing, which says now everything was going to be great for you. You're never going to hit a red light for the rest of your life or whatever. You're going to awesome. have hair like Joel Osteen. Awesome. I mean, this is the or w- in whatever way it's a. Di- I mean, it's a different kind of changed life, but that's the product that they're selling. Changed life. Um, but that's not. In fact, the heart of the gospel is not the changed life of 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 man. But rather, it's the changed mind of God that comes from the death of Jesus, <laughs> and so the death of Jesus changes God's mind about us. Instead of instead of uh, being in His enemies, we are now His friends, and He loves us, and He delights in us, and He and He calls us to be uh, His own dear children. This is the this is what Christianity is about. So, uh, daylight I mean, daylight savings changes the time. God changes the life, but Christ changes the mind of God about us sinners. That that is the that is the thing that the church is to preach. I like how we have just spent way more time on talking about this church sign than the people who put it up thought about it because they're just going, "All right, let's think of something that's going to apply to what's relevant. What's going on right now? What's what's hip? Yeah, what's we cool? want to be relevant. Uh, Daylight savings time. That's relevant." <laughs> Oh, that's so, that so connects with people because all they're thinking about right now is changing their clocks. That doesn't relate to people in Arizona and other states that don't change their clocks. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Uh, daylight savings changes the time. Table Talk Radio stay, changes the time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. You're about as Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations. Uh, Table Talk Radio changes your heart imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding. Table Talk Radio changes your IQ. To smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. Table Talk Radio changes your good reputation with your friends. (laughs) 